0: As we get into our series, we're going to continue on um, in our series, Because I Said So this morning. And I don't know about you, but when I just hear that phrase, because I said so, it brings back memories and times when I know that I said those things. You know, times when the kid, you had some kid that just probably asked you 500 times, well, it probably was only five times, but it felt like 500 times, why, why, why? And you said, just because I said so, that's why. I mean, just get it over, you know, like be done with it. I know I probably didn't win any Parenting of the Year awards when that happened, but that's the reality. I think sometimes we get to that spot of saying, hey, just because I said so. But see, throughout this this series, we're we're kind of moving away from some of the, maybe the, the 101, Parenting 101 skills, and we're trying to answer this question. How do I keep the relationship intact? So as it comes to a parent-child relationship, how do I, m- can I keep molding that relationship? How do I keep it intact through all the things that we're going to go through? And it doesn't mean that we have to be best friends at all times. But how do we ensure that through all the challenges that we face, through everything that we go through when we're parenting and with our kids, that our kids will know without a doubt, without a doubt that we love them. That is so important. And over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Brandon has started us down this road. Week one, he, start, he talked about this, this real versus the ideal, right? He talked about grace and truth in that. And that if we have all grace or all truth, that's not good parenting. But when we can find that balance between grace and truth, it becomes so incredibly powerful. Last week, um, Pastor Brandon, he in- introduced the main scripture that we're using in this series. And it's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 5. And it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not dishonoring to others. It's not self seeking. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrongs. My guess is that maybe if you've been to a wedding, you've heard this scripture. I know it's, I've used this scripture before as I've even taught at weddings. And, and it's so important, so vital in the marriage relationship. In fact, I'd say everything that we're teaching in this series applies to our marriages as well as it does to our parenting. In fact, if, if it's not part of our marriages, I think it makes it even harder in when it comes to parenting. So today as we dive into the scripture and as we dive into today's message, let's examine this and in, the, in terms of parenting. But let's also keep it in mind when, when we think about our marriages. Last week, uh, Pastor Brandon started down those scriptures and he got only three words in. I mean, three words in. I mean, can you tell me, I mean, that's, that seems pretty weak. I don't know about you. I'd make If you see him, make sure you give him a hard time. He's not here today, but let's 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 rag on him a little bit. But three words. I'm going to at least go to 20 words, all right? 20 words. I thought if I could slip another word in there some way, I'd get to seven times three, so i get to 21 words. But we're not going to get that far. I'm going to get to 20 words, I think, today as we dive into this. But really, what Pastor Brandon covered last week, those three words... Are probably the most important three words when it comes to parenting. And those three words were love is patient. Love is patient. And how often as parents do we miss this mark? Love is patient. It's such a great foundational skill in parenting, this whole idea of how can we have patience in the midst of this. And man, if you didn't hear that message, I really want to encourage you to go back online and check it out on Facebook, YouTube, um, even on our website, you can go there. But also you can even download the po- podcast if you've got some traveling to do, just a great way. But really go back and check that out because that's a great foundational piece when we comes to our, our parenting. But before we dive into the scripture and go a little bit further, I got a, a question for you. A similar question to what was asked to the kids and it has to do with your parents. Is Did you have rules growing up did you guys have a bunch of rules that you had to follow growing up? I mean, I was thinking about it when I grew up and I couldn't remember a whole lot of, of rules. My sister was actually in a couple weeks ago from Houston and she, I asked her, I said, hey, could you remember any, any big rules that we had? She goes, one of the rules that she remembers was that we had to eat our vegetables. That was a rule. And we at least had to try our vegetables. And so she remembers one time when she was sitting down and she had just refused to eat her vegetables. And so we were sitting in there and, and our kitchen was such a place where right behind there was a hallway that went up to our bedrooms upstairs. And so she went and she, she was told to go to her room. And so she went around the corner and she hit the first couple steps and she stomped on her way up. Now she heard some rustling and knew that she was in trouble. And she had to move because my dad was right around the corner and he swung around that corner and he hit up. She started running up the stairs and she got halfway up and she felt his hand right on the back end of her her legs. And she knew for sure at that moment that she needs to be a little bit quicker next time. Or at least wait until she's halfway up before she starts stomping and knew that that's not the way to do it. So that was a rule that she remembered. Uh, Terry, my wife, told me that one of the rules that she remembered was no food or gum in the car. And um, and she and she you know this was all you know back a little bit while ago but I don't know if you guys remember that um, back in the in the older cars you had ashtrays in the back seats I don't know if they expected kids to to smoke or something back then but I, I don't know but they but there was ashtrays in this but you can not hardly find an ashtray in a car anymore but it, like there was there's ashtrays back there and you and you guys all that remember that will remember the little click the little. The tin sound of that hitting and that closing, yeah. I mean, you, it's a pretty distinguishable sound. Well, she remembers going on, on a road trip once and she heard and all of a sudden that a little click went and one of her brothers closed that and her dad stopped the car. It's like, what's going on? Who just put something in the ashtray? Because he knew, my guess is at some point in time, he had to clean gum or something out of that and said, no, that's not happening here. So we all have these rules, right? And it's, it's funny to sometimes think back on some of the rules that we had when we grew up. And not all rules are bad. They're not all bad. But as I mentioned, our focus in this series is less about that and more about keeping our relationship intact. And as we discovered last week, this all starts, it starts with love. As we dive into wisdom on parenting today, we're going to cover three more topics of love. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And love does not dishonor others. All right, let's dive in. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, we said love is patient. We talked about last week, and then love is kind. So when we hear the word kind, we may think it sounds a little soft. Or maybe even a little weak. But kind is actually an, an expression of strength. And vice versa, being unkind is actually an expression of weakness. It takes more work, especially in a parenting situation, when you obviously have the authority to be kind. It takes more intentionality for you to be kind. Being unkind demonstrates a lack of self-control. It brings in the reality that there's probably something that you've got going on in your own life, something else that's really driving you or maybe even controlling you at the time. And unfortunately, it's unfortunately for many, being unkind comes much more naturally than being kind. I love this definition of kindness by uh, Pastor Andy Stanley. He says this, Kindness is loaning your strength rather than reminding them of their weakness. Really good. Kindness is loaning your strength rather than reminding them of their weakness. When you're addressing a situation where your kids have failed, they don't need to be reminded of the fact that they failed. They know they did. They feel it. They know it inside their body. When I was in high school, um, I think it was either my junior or my senior year, and it was um, prom time, and my dad was going to let me take his car to prom, and it was a early 1980s, somewhere between 80 and 85, Chevy Camaro Berlinetta. White with T tops. I mean you guys remember T-tops? I mean it was cool. It was a darn cool call. And I thought, man, I am going to be really cool and this is gonna be a whole bunch of fun. But he let me take it. So I went over to a buddy's house and I, I picked him up and we were all dressed dapper in our in our tucks. We were looking good. We thought we were we were styling, doing pretty really good. So we're gonna go for a cruise, right? So we decided to go from Roland, my, my hometown, to Story City where our high school was, and drive around, just do a little cruise around the town with the T-tops off, looking cool. So we did, we headed, headed over to Story City and we were, we we're going around, we came to a stop sign and we got to that stop sign and I saw a, a freshman kid that was in our high school and, and saw him walking along the road and I thought, well, we're cool and, and any good teenager is going to show off a little bit in his dad's car, right? So I started doing a little bit of a brake stand and showing off, revving it up, kind of, you know, showing off and make, being really cool. Well, one of our friends sees us and he's driving in his car and he comes over and he pulls right in front of us and stops. I'm so concerned with, with showing off that kid and seeing how he's impressed with what I was doing and everything else. I wasn't looking ahead of me. So I let off the brake and went right into the side of his car. Yeah, that's how I felt too. <laughs> exactly the same way. I thought, oh my goodness. What the heck? Luckily, he had some big beast of a car. It did nothing to his car. And mine was just, it was pressed back. The the bumper was bumped back just a little bit. And I was thinking, oh my gosh. I've got to go to dinner and to the prom. But i got to go back and tell my dad. i got to go back and tell my dad. So I headed back. I headed back to go see my dad. And I got all the way home. And when I told him, He just asked me if everyone was okay. Is everyone okay? He didn't berate me. He didn't ground me. He didn't say, John, what the heck were you thinking? No, he just asked, is everyone okay? To add to the situation, the boy that we were trying to impress, he was actually the son of the police officer of Story City. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And so he went home and told his dad, and about five or ten minutes later, he was showing up at our door. I thought for sure I was done. But my dad supported me. He still had me go to prom. He still even let me take his car. In that situation, my dad, he didn't remind me of my failure. He knew that I knew that I had screwed up that I had messed up. And even when that officer came to the door, he didn't get mad. He lent me his strength. He came beside me and supported me in a situation that was extremely nerve-wracking for a teenager. I don't remember if we had to fix the car or or if I had to pay for repairs. I definitely should have if I didn't. But I do remember my dad. I remember how he displayed Incredible love and kindness for me that day because of his action. Loan your strength to your kids rather than reminding them of their weakness. Come beside them, show them kindness, show them that you care. All right, let's move on to the last part of verse four. First Corinthians 13:4. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. Other translations say it's not love is not jealous or love is not arrogant. And at, last, at first glance when you look at this, and even as I was working through this, it does, I'm like, how does this really apply to parenting? And Does it really have anything to do with that? This, I don't think we really have as much of a, a challenge with this as parents when it comes to raising our kids. But here's the deal, this has to do more with us and where we are as parents than what our kids have done or what they are doing. It's something that we need to be aware of. And this is really important. If you don't feel good about yourself, it's hard to let others feel good about themselves. If you don't feel good about yourself, it's hard to let others feel good about themselves. See, love, love allows another person to shine. Love isn't threatened by someone else's success, but fully celebrates it. And Pastor Brandon talked about this last week when he discussed the importance of being patient versus being pushy. I'm guessing at most times we do a pretty good job of this as parents, but it's something that we need to watch for because there are situations that can arise that maybe where, where we have this hard time, difficult have a hard time or difficulty celebrating the successes of our kids without pointing out. And you you could have done better here. If you would have done it this way, then this would have been a little bit better. Or this is the way I would have done it, so this is probably the better way to do it. See, when it comes to even grades and and uh, extracurricular activities and sports, sometimes parents try to live out their shortcomings as they grew up to push kids beyond their capabilities or desires. I'm not saying that we shouldn't push our kids or encourage them. Man, we need to do that. But we need to be aware. Is it for us or is it for them? Because if it's for us, we need to really re-examine that and really think through that. It's important for us to, as parents be in a healthy spot. We need to take good care of ourselves. And we need to get help where we need it. And man, there's no shame in knowing, man, if we need to go see counseling or, or find a good friend to be a confidant, to be able to share things, to work things throughout our lives, it's important for us to do that because we need to be in a good place. We need to be where God wants us to be so we can help our kids be all that God has created them to be. Love does not envy. It does not boast. And it is not proud. This brings us to the final section of scripture we're gonna cover today. And that's the first part of of 13, verse five. We've got love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, not proud. And then it says, it does not dishonor others. Paul states this as a negative, but we can flip it and to say it this way. We can say love honors others. Love honors others. This is where I want to spend most of the time today because I really believe that this is so key to our parenting. If you remember only one thing from the teaching today, this is it. And when I've looked around and I've, and I've talked with other parents and I've seen other kids and seen kids that just seem like they understand and they, they get it, there's this culture of honor that exists and it's played out in their family. See, honor is superior to obedience. Honor is superior to obedience. If your goal is for your kids and for you as a parent, is to get your kids to obey your rules. You're selling your kids short and you're parenting to the lowest common denominator. But if you create a culture of honor, there becomes a a situation where there's virtually no need for rules at all. And on the contrary, if you start to create this culture, that's all about following rules you will be able to, you'll have to have no, no, so many rules that you won't, won't even, you can't possibly imagine how many you're going to have to actually have to control all the situations. Let me give you an example. Jacob is my youngest child. And as the youngest child, he often gets to do things a little bit earlier than some of his siblings. And one of those was getting a cell phone while he was in middle school. Now, when we got him that and we gave it to him, I'm sure we gave him a lot of rules, where to put it when he was in school, what to use it for. Thankfully at the time, phones only at that point in time could text or make phone calls. Man, I, I'm, I feel bad for you parents today who have, have kids in, in, in the middle school and high school because with the internet and social media, all kinds of other things, man, that's an additional challenge that you have. But for Jake, it was pretty simple. Take care of the phone, or lose it. Take care of the phone or you won't have it. But the rules that we did, had didn't cover every situation that you could possibly come up with that Jacob would decide to do with his cell phone. So there's one day, I get a phone call, and it's not from a number that I recognize. And I'm like, well, who is this? And I pick, pick it up, and it's Jacob. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like thinking some things. What, what's going on? He said, hey, Dad, do we have insurance on my phone? hmm And I'm like, What did you do? He said, well, Devin and I, his buddy, we were were thinking, we, we decided like if we called each other and let it go to voicemail and we stuck the phones in the microwave to record it, what would happen? Well, they did just that. And he couldn't use his phone anymore. In fact, I think they broke the microwave as well of our neighbor's house. Yeah, I give them an A-plus for curiosity, uh, for sure. And not so much for street smarts, but A-plus for curiosity. But the truth is, we never made a rule that said, do not put your phone in the microwave. We didn't have that rule. So, you know, more for us, if it was all about that, we'd be in trouble. And See, that's the problem with obedience. We cannot make enough rules to cover everything. If we create this culture of obedience our precious little bundles of joy will look to the age-old question, how can I get around this? What's the least that I can do? And you might be thinking right now, well, wait, doesn't it talk about obeying your parents in the Bible? And shouldn't we have some rules I mean, for them to be able to obey? Yeah, it does. It mentions that. Ephesians 6.1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So yeah, it talks about it. But it doesn't stop there. Paul goes a little bit further in verses 2 and 3. He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And I absolutely love this part. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. If you think about it, isn't that what we want for our kids? That it may go well. That they may enjoy long life on earth. Paul's telling us that it starts with honor. It starts with honoring your father and your mother. Having rules and teaching kids to obey, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But teaching your kids to honor their parents is far superior. We need to teach our kids honor over obedience. Because there's no loopholes in honor. There are no workarounds. But honor... and and having that, teaching them that, it's not gonna come naturally. We need to teach it and we need to train our kids to do that. But honor doesn't come naturally because it strikes at the heart of our self-centeredness and it demands that we put someone ahead of ourselves. Wow, just think about that. What if we had a world where that was more of a reality? Where that was more of a reality where we put others first before ourselves? We may not be there today, but parents, we can create a world for the future where this is more of a reality. As we teach our kids to honor others. And this isn't just a truth for today. In the Apostle Paul's um, instructions to the Romans, he wrote this in Romans 12, 2. D- be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And what was Paul saying? Paul was saying, put others first. Put others first. Not because you des- they deserved to be first, but because you and I, we were put first by God. And we didn't deserve to be. We were put first first. him sending his son Jesus to take the weight of a sin on us, to die on the cross for us, to rise victorious so that our relationship with the father would remain intact. That's a huge thing. He went first. He showed us. man, you've never made that decision to make Jesus the Lord and leader of your life, to accept what he's done for you, that's an important step for us to do because that's what the Father wants. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to keep the relationship intact. And sin broke that relationship. But Jesus came and he reestablished the relationship with the Father so they could remain intact. As we teach our kids, we need to model and train and expect honor over obedience dad's quick word for you one of the best ways that you can honor others is start teaching your kids to honor their mom honor starts with how I treat my wife I know I've fallen short here but but I've always wanted my kids to see how I've treated their mom and how even even the small things to do even things like opening doors walking on the side of the road closest to traffic telling her i love her helping her out with chores different things helping cooking in the kitchen any of those things that we can do to just show man we love and we honor we put others first look ways look for ways in your family to model that to show that to model honor and build it into the culture of your family now a quick note here to families that have gone through a divorce I know that that throws another wrench in things. I know it throws more challenges in things because there may be some extreme hurt in those relationships. But man, I want to tell you that if there's any way possible to work and strive and pray for restoration in that relationship, restoration in that relationship at least to show honor to one another while you're still parenting from separate places. Because moms and dads, man, it starts with you. It starts with how you treat each other, how you honor each other. Healthy marriages are marked by mutual submission, about putting the other person first. Sometimes we get in situations where we'll say, Well, I will honor them when they start honoring me. And we need to stop that. We need to change that dialogue. We need to take it and make it a submission competition. Because if you're both honoring, there's no winner and there's no loser. Honor will win out and love will reign. But if dishonoring undermines an, a relationship, our goal needs to be the restoration of that relationship. We know this, right? Because even as we've raised our kids, we understand what that means and how we need to do that. Because I best bet one of the first things you taught your kids to do when they learn to talk was to say sorry. And at first you probably get the sorrys like, sorry... Like, well, okay, that's not really what I was going for, right? But then you go to the spot where say's like, well, okay, at least get them to say, I'm sorry. And then if you could work on that, get them to work a little bit further to say, I'm sorry, and then saying what they're sorry for. I'm sorry I lied to you. I'm sorry I disobeyed you. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I didn't eat my vegetables. I'm sorry I put gum in the ashtray whatever it is, when we need to teach them to do this. And why do we do that? Because we want to teach them to restore the relationship. Restore that relationship. Honor over obedience. One of the greatest ways we honor someone is how we love them. In the Old Testament, God's people were given the Ten Commandments. And that grew to over 600 commandments. But then God sent Jesus to restore our relationship with him. And when all his followers, knowing that they were not going to be able to keep all 600 commandments, they asked him, hey, which of of these is the greatest commandments? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments Jesus tells us to love God and love others and we can do that by loving others through kindness by loving others by not envying or being boastful or being proud by loving others by honoring them by putting others first so parents grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, friends, neighbors, anyone who has influence over a child. Let's train up a child in the way they should go. So when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Let's keep these things in mind as we train up kids to love others well and to put others first. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the sacrifice that you made by sending your son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice, to bring the relationship back intact, to bridge the gap that was created by our sin. And Father, thank you for your incredible, incredible love that you demonstrated to us. And Jesus, thank you or even being sinless, that you took on this burden that wasn't yours to have to deal with, but you took it on because you knew it was the only way. Father, I just pray for anyone right here today that has not yet put their faith and trust in you, that they will know your love, the real love of Jesus that will allow it to come into their hearts and start restoring, mending all the brokenness. Father, thank you for meeting us right where we are. And I pray as parents, as we raise up the next generation, that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us guidance, you will give us knowledge to be able to be the best parents that we can be. Thank you, Father, for the example that you set for us. Pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at nhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.